So Brian, it was the day after we recorded the last episode. Um, in that episode, in that last episode, I talked about how Miranda was really into Teen Titans Go, and she had kind of moved past Pokemon and moved. And, and I was also like, oh, it's it's so interesting how she doesn't really like to go back and rewatch things. And it's like she was listening to that podcast or something, or it's like <laughs> she heard me, you know, like through the walls saying that and decided, you know, I think I might like to go back and rewatch something. And you know what? Maybe, maybe I don't want to watch, keep watching Teen Titans Go because it was like the next day she's like, you know what? I don't really want to watch more Teen Titans Go. I want to go back and watch some My Little Pony. And I was like, okay, well, we're, we're kind of all caught up with My Little Pony. I don't know what the latest one is that we watched. And she was like, let's start at the beginning again. (laughs) (laughs) And so now we are in the process of going back and rewatching my little pony. And we're, we're now in season two of six and uh, it's actually pretty fun because we've, since we've gone through and watched it all, like we kind of know what's going to happen and we know like the characters and everything. And what's also fun is that one of her many um stations that she likes to listen to on Pandora is the is a My Little Pony station that we've put together and and so there are like there are lots of songs from the show that have that we've listened to that were from earlier episodes that didn't really like click as much when you are watching the episode. And so now like when we're going back and rewatching the show, we hear these songs pop up and um it's just fun to have them like you know, like, oh, this is that song. This is the song that we keep hearing over and over again on Pandora, but haven't remembered, you know, like, or, or don't really remember the episode very well, which this is from. I, I don't really have a problem with her going back and rewatching this. You know, it's kind of fun. It's like her The Wire. <laughs> it's like her The Wire. You know, once you go through it, then you can go back and watch it again and, and spot all the little characters that were in the background and, and really understand the plot as it goes along. <laughs> It's very much like Sopranos and The Wire, so it clearly that's how it functions for her. Exactly. So we have a lot to cover since yeah. we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. One of the big pieces of... So I'm, I'm going to probably leave some stuff out and maybe just go through some things a little bit more quickly than others, just because we also have several weeks of releases to catch up on, or at least like run through some of the highlights, just because... Um, I didn't want another week to go by where we missed out on talking about some of this stuff. And um, tonight we'll be mostly discussing the titles coming out on Tuesday, November 15th. But we will certainly talk about the last couple of weeks uh, of titles from November. The first big piece of news which came out uh, after we last recorded is this news of Scream Factory's uh, 10 upcoming titles that they have uh, unveiled. So that they posted this, I think, on Facebook, and um, I don't know if any of them have gotten more detailed release information yet, but they have announced 10 new films that they're going to be releasing over the next few months, and, you know, possibly even longer than a few months, but included in this, you know, list of titles are things like Firestarter, or Tales from the Hood, the Gus Van Sant remake of Psycho, and the Jamie Lee Curtis film Virus. Of these, I think, I mean, for me, I think Firestarter is probably the the biggest of all of them, um, or at least the one that I feel like 
is going to be like the release that I want to own. Um, although I am kind of excited about this Gus Van Sant Psycho uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, that's one that I mean, obviously much maligned and you know perhaps rightfully so, but I haven't watched it since like 2000. Yeah. So I'm curious to give it another look, you know. And then I don't even remember the last time I saw Virus, but uh, that is one that I'm also kind of excited uh, to go back and and pick up. I have weird ones. Like, (laughs) I'm excited for uh, The Vagrant. Uh Uh-huh. With Bill Paxton and Michael Ironside. Yeah, a very strange movie that's almost, like, could have been like a dark comedy version of, not Neighbors with... um, Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Belushi, but something kind of like that. It's it's such a weird movie. It's super weird. Um, but they put it out as a part of a four-pack DVD set. Um, I don't know what, why I like it at all. I'm sure a lot of people would hate it. but The, the poster art that they have on, well, it must be like a VHS cover on Wikipedia for the film, is hilarious. <laughs> it's Bill Paxton doing the Home Alone scream face of macaulay culkin <laughs> he totally is and and the tagline uh, says he's not home alone oh, oh wow wow marketing That's yeah that stuff. is amazing i mean That's this is 92 copy. so like home alone must have been what was it not home alone like 91 92 yeah yeah so Ran that is uh man wow. amazing i hope they incorporate that somehow into the scream factory release I hope they do too uh i will say that fans of home alone will probably not like the big <laughs> But that's just a guess. So, of so, what else are they releasing? They're, they're releasing the Angry Red Planet, um, the Screaming Skull. What's the matter with Helen? Dead uh, Time Stories. Yeah, Dead Time Stories. That one's got a date, at least according to Blu-ray.com, February twenty eighth. Um, I think that might be the only one of this group that has a date, but uh, I could be wrong. And then also Demented. We're recording this on. Thursday the 10th and tomorrow Arrow Academy is going to be releasing some February titles or at least announcing some February titles so uh, by the time this episode goes up everyone will know these but we probably won't be talking about them until uh, next week when uh, we record next Um, a few other pieces of news that I uh, am excited about the 1996 version of The Crucible starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Winona Ryder is going to be released by Kino. They got it. It's, uh, has this one, this one has definitely not had a Blu-ray release, right? Not that I know of. It's so funny. This one is one that I totally remember it coming out while I was in high school. So, you know, you know, it came out in 96 and it was like right around whenever the, whatever like English level I was at in, uh, in high school, it, you know, you read the crucible and this just so happened to come out. And so like, you know, English teachers were like, oh, finally a version of it that we can show in <laughs> class. And, you know, it might not even be appropriate for kids, like some of the, the moments in the in the movie. But um, I just remember that this being like a distinctly like Ryan in high school, this coming up, this is like the same year that we were reading it in class. <laughs> it has been available, I think, on HD, in HD uh, from Fox, but this will be the first time that it's uh, released on Blu-ray anywhere. I don't think I've ever seen it. I have some not bad associations, but um, certain books I read in high school, I was like, okay, enough of that. 
you know, and didn't <laughs> and didn't bother to go see a movie about it, and maybe haven't gotten around to it since. But I feel like I should, especially if Daniel J. Lewis is involved. Yeah, a couple of other things. The folks at did we talk about the BFI Martin Scorsese titles last time, where they're going to be releasing Alice doesn't live here anymore, and who's that knocking at my door? I don't think so. I think that's been since the last recording. So these are going to be coming out on March 20th. I do hope, and I it doesn't always co- coincide, but I do hope that uh, maybe Warner Archive or Warner Home Video Proper is working on releases of their own because both um, Alice and uh, Who's That Knocking are Warner's titles, as far as I know, and I'd love to get domestic Blu-rays of those too. Yeah, there was another, I think in the comments for this news article there was someone mentioning like you know why like after hours still hasn't had a blu-ray release yet um in addition to these two martin scorsese films they're also going to be releasing victor rices uh who did you know he's famous for spirit of the beehive from criterion uh they're going to be releasing el sur uh, on blu-ray which is currently available on uh criterion's channel on filmstruck and so you'll be able, you can, you know, watch it there. It's been available on Hulu in the past. Um, BFI is also going to be releasing The Crying Game, the Neil Jordan film, and uh, a few other films. Oh, the Lino Broca films, uh, Manila in the Claws of Light and Intiang. The one that, uh, this is one that um, the Martin Scorsese's Film Foundation, uh, the, the World Cinema Project had restored and is going to be released from Criterion at some point, but um, the BFI is going to be releasing it in the UK. So um, some pretty exciting stuff coming from the BFI. Uh, definitely some things that I'm going to want to import uh, along the way. Not to sidetrack us too much, but you mentioned Filmstruck, and I'm curious, it is now officially launched. Um, what your experience has been thus far with it? Well, if you want to hear some in-depth discussion of uh, what what I think of it and uh, what uh, Arik from Cinema Gadfly thinks of it, I uh, ended up recording an episode of The Newsstand that actually just went out this morning. So um, you can go listen to that. And we talk about it for like an hour and a half where we awesome. just sit there and like play on the website and like complain about certain things and, <laughs> and talk about other things. Um, I guess overall, I'm very happy with it. I think it's great. Uh, a great service. You know, it's got a lot of nice features. It definitely has some things that need to be ironed out or improved on. Um, just to make it a little bit easier to find certain things. But uh, overall, I'm very happy with it. And I think it's, um, you know, a nice step in the right direction from where they were with Hulu. And uh, I hope they continue to work on it. Um, I've watched several different things on it. I've watched lots of the supplements. I've watched films using the commentary tracks that are available, which is just amazing. I mean, that is, you know, it's such a little thing but it's certainly my favorite thing. It's just what I have been hoping for uh, from any streaming service. I've just hoped that they would get uh, commentary tracks and we finally have one that does it. There are little things that I wish they would do, like include, you know, letting us know when films are going to be in HD or in SD, you know. You know, a lot of people still haven't signed up because it's not available on Roku or it's not available on the Apple TV yet. So there's, there's still some things that they need to to work on but you know it works great on my amazon fire stick and uh i love just you know scrolling around through the web and they're they're up uh, updating new things all the time and you know adding new lots of new special features and 
bonus materials uh, on the website. So it's um, in that er- in that respect, it's you know I'm I'm, compl- I'm totally happy. That's cool. I mean, there's a lot of sites, or not a lot, but some sites that seem to claim to be for you know cinephiles. But this sounds like you know they're actually carrying through. Including the commentaries is a huge deal, and that was something I was curious about most curious about actually so i'm i'm glad that that experience has been good um have you played around with it at all i haven't um i don't i don't have a fire stick so i've been just sort of hemming and hawing about running it just desktop and and trying it out that way um which i may do soon I noticed that the Movie Morlocks website is now <laughs> the Filmstruck blog. I know, isn't that so funny how that happened? Like, um, it's so funny. Like when we were while we were recording that episode, it had just switched over like that day, and I, I saw you know Filmstruck posting you know like oh here's our new our new blog, and then went over and I was like oh hey these names look familiar. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I subscribed to the RSS feed and I started scrolling back through old posts and I was like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. These are old movie Morlocks posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just noticed, uh, our Emmett Sweeney, Rob Sweeney, um, one of my favorite writers, um, had posted on his Twitter feed that he now writes for that. And I was like, Oh no, did he move? And then I typed in movie Morlocks and it took me straight to streamline.filmstruck.net, <laughs> which is fine. You know, uh, that, that's totally cool. So I, now I'm just curious if they're going to be dealing with movies that are only on the site or not. I don't know what it is yet. I just discovered it today, but, um, you know, not the end of the world, not a big deal. Um, yeah. Cause but, before movie Morlocks was more like a Turner, like a TCM blog. Yeah. And so they would, write about, you know, kind of whatever they wanted, but they would, you know, but it would all be, you know, somehow related to the types of movies that Turner would be showing or, you know, upcoming movies on TCM. Um, It's interesting that they didn't, I mean, I know that they, you know, obviously when you start a new website, like you need content. And so they had it. And so I guess it's just, you know, they had to just move it over. But um, I'm surprised that they haven't said anything about it. Although, Maybe they didn't want to, like, ruffle any feathers with it. Yeah, we're going to make this website that you like go away and replace it by with something else that may be just, you know, running content that's related to the site, which, again, isn't the end of the world. And to be fair, I think a new streaming service needs all the help it can get as far as drawing people in, and you got good... I mean, the movie Mor- Morlocks uh, writers are a, a bunch of great writers, a lot of people I really like, so... Uh, I, I get it. You know, I totally get it. I just thought that was interesting. I didn't, I did, like I said, I just noticed it today. So anyway, it's cool. I'm excited that it's, it's been a positive experience so far. I'm definitely going to subscribe. I mean, I'm going to try to do the two week trial, but I'm definitely going to, I'm planning to subscribe at some point too. Um, just cause I feel like not that it's my duty as a cinephile, but more that I really want to be a part of it. You know, it's, I want, I want to support it. I, I love the idea of it. So anyway yeah it's interesting to think about what's what i need to get rid of now like (laughs) do i need to get rid of hulu now that criterion is moving away from it i mean i think like tomorrow is the 11th which is when everything is set to disappear from hulu oh boy um exodus i think charmaine though has just recently started watching like the mindy project which i think might be on hulu and so 
that might make it hard, harder to cut that off. So yeah, um, it's tough. I mean, like I said, I think I might've mentioned this on the show before, but my daughter loves Netflix. She's seven. My son is 17. He loves Hulu. Like that's, it's not like, you know, um, one is necessarily geared towards a certain, but he just loves TV and they have so much TV. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get rid of it. I mean, yeah. without being a, a jerk, <laughs> which I totally want, I don't want to do. So right. I may end up having to get just add on, which is unfortunate, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but they do have a lot of great kids programming, including like, you know, a lot of cartoon network stuff and Disney XD stuff. And so I think I will probably keep it for a little while. So let's see, what else do we have here for news? Um, one, uh, also one other big, piece of news that came out like a day or so after we released the last episode is the news that Kino is going to be releasing the Coen brothers, Barton Fink. Yeah. Big, big deal. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, it's huge for a couple of reasons, just because it's a great movie and it's exciting that it's coming to Blu-ray from, from Kino and hopefully it will be a new, you know, restoration. Um, but it's also big because, this is a title that had been heavily rumored to be coming from Criterion for a long time and just never happened. And, you know, Criterion has been working with the Coen brothers recently on, you know, Blood Simple and um, Lewin Davis. And so it seemed like, you know, Criterion and Coen was going to, we're going to be working on, you know, more stuff and to have Kino come in and kind of like snag this one is, very interesting yeah i mean i guess because it's it's the odd fox title i mean i I, they what did they do they did miller's crossing with fox barton fink with fox want to say oh and then raising arizona with fox um so maybe there's just something i don't know about kino's connections that they were able to swoop in and i know there's definitely i've i've personally seen some disappointment expressed on Twitter uh, and other places for the fact that Criterion didn't get this one. I mean, it is it is a pretty straight-down-the-middle Criterion-ready title, you yeah. know? Um, but I, I have some hope that um, Kino will um, bring some extras to the to the disc. I mean, it may not be quite on the level of the Criterion extras, because I know that they don't necessarily have the same kind of budgets, it doesn't seem, but Regardless, I think we'll get something, and it's just nice it's getting a Blu-ray. I don't know. It's it's a bummer. I see the I see the the, the point, but I'm glad it's coming out. This is one where there is a UK Blu-ray of this, which has been available for quite a long time. I think the, the Coen Brothers collection from the UK came out in 2011 <clears throat> uh, from Universal, and so you can get that for pretty cheap, and you can get that comes with five different movies. Um, and then there was an individual release of Barton Fink, which is region free, which came out from Universal in 2012, um, which is also pretty inexpensive, but hasn't been getting, or like, at least like the the few user ratings uh, haven't gotten great reviews. So a couple of um, things from Masters of Cinema and Eureka in the UK, uh, they're going to be releasing, at least Eureka is going to be releasing La Bamba. Uh, the uh, the film, you know, starring Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, that's going to be coming out uh, January 9th. Uh, they're also going to be releasing um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Creepy, 
And uh, one that I'm really excited about is the anime Metropolis from the based on the uh, Samu Tezuka uh, manga. This is going to be coming out on uh, like a dual, a limited edition dual format steelbook on January 16th, and then just a special dual format edition uh, in March. So this is one where I think I might end up ordering the steelbook edition of it. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the latest episode of the Criterion Cast where I talk about uh, the Testament of Dr. Mabusa with Arik, but uh, in that episode, I kind of like talked myself into really liking the steelbook editions of <laughs> of these Masters of Cinema, and I feel like I might go down the rabbit hole of, oh, no. of steelbook collecting. Um, it was just like... I, so I have the steelbook editions of the two Mabusa films from Eureka, and I was like you know, watching them to prepare for the episode and kind of like handling them more. And I just was like getting infected with the, you know, desire for more steel books in my life. Handling as far as like physically holding it, it. physically touching them. Like (laughs) it made me think like, Oh man, why aren't all Blu-rays, you know, (laughs) cold and smooth and like, you know, like just clean and nice and yeah, not, and kind of like not heavy, but like, solid and you know they just felt like real objects whereas like plastic blu-ray cases just feel so light and flimsy and you know like uh disposable yeah i I much prefer my um my media able to potentially stop bullets (laughs) uh so but no i know what you're talking about like there is a physiological response to slightly it's a temperature thing it's a you know, a, a, a tactile hardness of the surface thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely held some steel books and been like, yeah, I kind of get it. I'm going to put this away now. Cause if I get started, I'm <laughs> never going to stop. I know it is. It is totally bad. And, uh, I don't have any more room for, for anything like that in my life. <laughs> Unless I get, start getting rid of stuff, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. Despite the many times that I've told myself that I need to get rid of stuff if I want to keep buying things and the piles just keep piling up. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not building any more shells, but the piles, uh, on top <laughs> of piles are just getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, eventually this stuff is going to just like collapse under its weight. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to shuffle DVDs into a two cell pile. I've been trying to like slide them back into boxes that I can, so I can make room for more Blu-rays, but I still have piles and, I know my wife's not a fan. I'm not a fan. I don't want piles. I want shelving. I want stuff put away so I can properly display it. It's the dilemma of the collector. Yeah. A couple of other things. Uh, Just today, Kino has updated uh, and detailed the upcoming release of One Million Years BC, which is going to be available on February 14th. We already knew that this was coming out, um, but they have announced that this new release is going to include new 4k restorations of the 100 minute international cut and the 91 minute us cut so it's gonna have two cuts both of them restored in 4k it's also going to feature audio commentary from tim lucas and interviews with raquel welsh like a a lot of stuff that has been available i think on past releases but the fact that they're going to be including two different cuts of the film both 4k restored is pretty nice and you don't often see that like you'll see you know like one cut is kind of preferred and so that one will be treated nicer where it's good like that one gets the 4k restoration but the other ones 
you know, even with some Criterion titles, when they include, you know, multiple cuts of films, you know, like one cut will get a really nice restoration and then the others will get it like, you know, like HD restorations. They're also going to be, Kino is also going to be releasing the 1959 film from Richard Fleischer, uh, Compulsion. This one they announced a few weeks ago, or actually I guess like a week ago, but this is the one starring Orson Welles and Dean Stockwell. Uh, they don't have a date yet, but it is getting a new 4K restoration. Was there any other news that you had that you wanted to touch on before we move on? Did we mention 8 Million Ways to Die? Uh, No, we have not. It's another movie that doesn't have a great reputation, but it's Hal Ashby, and it's one that I have some affection for. I know it's one that has a checkered production history. Um, I can't remember if it was taken away from him in editing or during the shooting or what, but it's... Jeff Bridges and Roseanne Arquette, it's it's a sort of a neo-noir, sunshine noir, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's a little bit underrated, and I'm excited that it's coming out, uh, another Fox title um, from Kino. So that one got announced. Um, and then uh, the Billy Jack collection was announced from Shout Factory. Um, I think that's four movies. And it's coming in March, I want to say. Um, I have a I have an odd relationship with the Billy Jack movies. Like I came to them through the Danny Perry cult books, and they're like they're interesting. They're a little bit um, they're a little bit much at times. Their hippie politics are a little too a little too much for me in some ways. Um, but I don't know. It's an interesting series of films, uh, for sure. And, and Tom Laughlin is certainly, uh, he plays the character well. Um, and then the last one that I thought was interesting was, um, the band of the hand, which is sort of an eighties, um, you know, Miami, Miami vice E kind of colorful, um, uh, action thriller that has sort of a cult following. Mill Creek has announced that for, uh, I believe, early 2017. So we have an, a lot of stuff to talk about from the Warner Archive also, which has been announced. I guess a lot of the November stuff um, has come out recently, including um, towards the end of the month, they're going to be releasing the Dolly Parton Code of Many Colors uh, film on Blu-ray, as well as uh, It's Always Fair Weather. They're going to be releasing seven days in may on dvd um they're reissuing in the mouth of madness uh the sam neill film on dvd uh, that movie has already gotten a blu-ray release in the past i think from new line but um i don't know why they're not i guess you know maybe they're just keeping it in print through the one archive putting it on a dvd um but also then the killing fields um they're going to be releasing uh time after time um, which is going to be coming out the week that this episode goes up uh, on Blu-ray, um, as well as the third volume of the Fitzpatrick Travel Talks. And then um, also uh, on the 15th is the um, the TCM um, documentary series uh, Moguls and Movie Stars, which if you haven't seen, you should definitely check out because it was great. I remember watching it back when um, back in 2010, I think when it came out, um, and I really want to go back and rewatch it now. Before we jump into the new releases, one other thing that I wanted to mention uh, on the podcast is that the folks at Cult Epics have launched a new 
Indiegogo campaign to help them restore a number of films. Uh, they're looking to raise um, quite a lot of money, although it is a flexible goal, and so it will be, um, you know, whatever they end up making will go towards the restoration. They're trying to raise $100,000, but um, that seems a little high, and they so far they've only raised 4000 but I think they have a number of great bundles. If you uh, are into their types of films and you don't already own them, you can get, um, you know, like six new releases, including, I think, the, the films that they're looking to restore. Um, but then you also get, like, a coffee table book and um, a lot of stuff. So you can get um, T-shirts uh, for some of their films at some of the lower levels. So what they're tr- looking to restore are these films, Mondo Weirdo, The Flesh, uh, 100 Girls by Bunny Yeager, Moonchild, and Obsessions. So uh, I'll include a link in the show notes to where you can go support them. Um, I know a lot of like our listeners are into titles like this, and so um, this is definitely one that you can uh, get in on and help them out because they do uh, a lot of great work for the types of films that um, they release. The last week of titles that we talked about were for October uh, 25th. Um, I just wanted to briefly touch on some of the stuff that had gone out on... Uh, November 1st and the 8th, and then we can talk more about the stuff that's coming out this week on the 15th. Um, you know, the, the, the few titles that were released on November 1st that are worth talking about, I think, um, the big one for us is, has to be that new Batman, uh, Return of the Caped Crusaders, which starred Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar as their, you know, uh, kind of reprising their roles from the old 60s Batman TV show. This is one that we had talked about back when it was announced, and uh, I finally have it now had a chance to watch the entire film, and uh, I think this is a refreshing take on Batman that is, like, so nice compared to the grim, like, bloody uh, other Batman animated releases, some of which, most of which I really liked, but this one, you know, kind of taps into that, you know, spirit of the 60s Batman in a way that I was, like, excited about when it was announced. But then I started watching it one night, and the first few lines of the movie felt so, um, like, like I needed time to warm up to it a little bit. It felt like I could hear how old Adam West was. That's what I keep hearing from people. Saying I haven't watched it yet. They're like, they sound so old. They do. Um, and it's, it's hard not to, I guess. But I think like once you get over that, like disconnect where you're like, I'm used to hearing Adam West as Batman sound younger. Um, and you know, they don't make him look any older. And so it's like, you know, young Batman with an old Batman voice. <laughs> and it is something to, to that you have to kind of like work through, um, you know, emotionally or, or you know, mentally. But uh, once you do, I think this you can kind of really enjoy it. And it feels like an episode, you know, a lost episode of the show kind of in a way. Nice. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not limited by you know, budgets. And so they can kind of do whatever they want as far as like creating bigger sets. Um, but they do keep the spirit of the sixties Batman show, uh, there. And so if you've enjoyed 
the 66 uh, comics, the Batman comics, that have kind of also, you know, uh, tapped into that, uh, you know, that, that old timey Batman storytelling, uh, you'll enjoy this one too. So you would say pretty kid friendly. Um, hmm. or do they push it a little? Cause I mean the, the show I felt I've shown my daughter some of the show, but I think obviously so. that came out in I the sixties. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I think it's if okay. you've watched I, the show, I, I think, won't hold you to it. I think you can probably watch this. I can't, I'll check it out first. I want to say that there were like innuendos in the in the movie <laughs> that I'm okay with that. I, um, mean, I showed my daughter Teen Wolf tonight, so <laughs> there's more than innuendos in that movie. So it'll be okay, fine. then I think you're probably fine with this one. All right, good to know. Also out on November first was the new uh, Star Trek movie, Star Trek Beyond. This is one that we have have talked a little bit about, but I just wanted to once again kind of throw my endorsement towards it just because it has some really amazing sequences in it uh, as far as like, you know, fun sci-fi, you know, spaceship. Most specifically, when I first saw that sequence of the Enterprise going into the space station that they go to at the beginning of the movie and they're like, you know, traveling through and you get to see everything, um, is just amazing looking. And it is just like what I love about sci-fi and uh, you know, I just felt in that moment, like taken away from all of my, my, you know, earthly worries. And I was just like in that moment. And I just, I loved seeing that so much. Yeah. I'll, I'll second your endorsement of this movie. I, for those that may have checked out on, uh, into darkness, which you know, I don't think is a terrible movie or anything like that. Um, definitely come back for this because I, I, I do think it's, um, more in line with the, the first film and, you know, not without maybe some script things, yeah. structural things, but but overall, it's just it's just a good time. It's a really good time. I, I think you should check it out. Definitely. Um, and then a couple of the titles like that week on the first, uh, the Warner Archive released Doc Savage on Blu-ray, yeah. uh, which we had talked about, but um, it's now available if you want to go get it. Yeah, I, I recommend this one. This is definitely um, a lot of fun. Um, I mean, definitely a movie that when you watch it and you think about when it came out, you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, I can see why it didn't necessarily connect because it is kind of old-fashioned and sort of campy, and it's hard to know. When I'm watching it, I'm like, are they deliberately being campy, or is it just a throwback to the um, you know, to the comic magazine or whatever originated the character? Um, because, I mean, the... the is it John Philip Sousa? The the score is just like this very like sort of triumphant mm-hmm. uh, music that, and he's he's very much like sort of a pre- predecessor to the modern Batman slash superhero type character. I mean, he's got a whole bunch of vehicles with you know his name stamped on them, and he's <laughs> he's but Ron Ellie's like really good so I don't know it's this weird thing where I'm watching it and I'm like I don't think he's doing an Adam West thing here but maybe he, he is I don't know but regardless I think it's a really fun movie and had it come out maybe closer to Raiders of the Lost Ark it would have got some traction but it's almost like this weird um, thing that exists out of time in a way um, that there, I don't know if there would have been a good period, maybe the sixties. I don't know. I'm, I was trying, I was watching it and thinking like, when could this have come out when it would have connected? 
Um, and I don't know, but I think it's a lot of fun and I think, uh, it looks good and, and people should totally check it out. It's, it's really, it's really a good time. Um, were there any other titles from that first week? Uh, well, here's the thing, you know, we've talked about the Sony choice collection and our, um, feelings about BDRs, which I can't disagree with. And I hope, I kind of hope it fails, but I didn't help any in that I picked up neighbors, the um, uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd movie, because it's I have this strange again relationship with this movie where I just I put it on and I am compelled to watch it. It's a, a total mess of a film and it's weird, um, but the Blu-ray transfer on the BDR looks pretty good. Um, you know, as good or better than the HD transfers I've seen on. Um, I think it was on. Maybe it was HDNet. I don't remember. This was years ago, but uh-huh. um, it looks pretty good. I gotta say. So um, I and I ended up getting it. I think for twenty two ninety nine, which is only slightly better than twenty six ninety nine, <laughs> which is robbery, straight up larceny. As far as I'm concerned, they really got to bring the price point down if they're gonna do this. But um, it's the first one of these that I picked up, and it looked okay. I mean, granted, there are no extras, so that doesn't. <laughs> sell it in any way and I, I I can see how this program is probably not poised to do real well but um, I was at least satisfied with the purchase so just going to leave that so they also released um, Stripes the theatrical cut uh, that same week um, which I guess like they, they before has we've seen like the extended cut released oh I didn't realize the theatrical hadn't been put out on blue interesting yeah um, I guess this extended cut was one that was released back in years ago, I think on Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen any reviews of any of this stuff. Like, um, w- do they have like printed anything on the, on the disc or how does that yeah, look? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, now if I'm remembering it, I feel like it looks like a normal Sony, um, you know, when they would do their MOD DVDs, I think it was like a white. I don't have it in front of me now. I'll have to, I'll have to, I should have had it. Oh, I think but, I know what you're talking about. The, like the, the white label. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's printed, but not, you know, it, printed like it would be on a, on a pre made disc. And the, the blue case, does it say Blu ray disc in the same way that it does in the images? Mm, yes, it does, I think. I think it does. Damn it. <laughs> I can go grab it in a minute. No, it's okay. Uh, we don't have to. And, and we'll find it. That's fine. Just because, no, I know, I, I know people want to know, and I get that people are skeptical, and I am skeptical, and I probably, it'll have to be some movie that I'm really interested in um, for me to bother again. Um, again, I wasn't disappointed, but, well, I mean, I'm slightly disappointed that they're charging so much money for what it is, but um, as far as the quality of the release, I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. It's not like it was restored, but I didn't expect Sony to dump restoration money into neighbors, yeah. so <laughs> I was satisfied. So this week, on November 8th, well, I guess the week that we're recording it, but the week before we end up releasing this episode, um, November 8th. Some pretty exciting titles came out this week, including Bubba Hotep from Scream Factory. Yeah. Very exciting. They really put together a nice release for this one. The video quality is pretty good. The um, supplements are pretty nice. Uh, And so it's definitely, if you're a fan 
this is definitely one to get. You know, there's new audio commentary tracks, there's new interviews, um, new an, a new interview with uh, Robert Kurtzman, the, the special effects artist, um, as well as old audio commentaries. Is there three different audio commentaries on this Blu-ray? Yeah, this. I mean, they're porting over a lot of stuff from the MGM special edition DVD, which I'm surprised even a you know, I'm surprised he even got a, an MGM special edition DVD at the time. Um, but this is a movie I totally feel like has not slipped away, but kind of a little bit since the special edition DVD came out, you know, circa around 2000-ish. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably getting the date wrong on that. But um, I feel like people don't talk about this movie that much, and it is a whole lot of fun. Um, I mean, how could you, I mean, all you have to tell me is that you got Bruce Campbell as Elvis and Ossie Davis as JFK, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, who claims to have had his brain replaced with a bag of sand and, you know, I'm on board and Don Coscarelli. I mean, um, I, I did a little review of this one on my site and I, I mentioned, uh, I can't mention Coscarelli without saying how big a deal phantasm was to me when i was in high school um with along with evil dead 2 and dawn of the dead and a few other movies um it just really blew me away and i was just like what the heck is this and so i've been a coscarelli fan ever since and i just think this movie is um fun but it's this really interesting meditation on aging and bruce campbell's amazing in this role and so is ossie davis so i don't know and there's an Egyptian mummy. I mean, come on. There's just a lot going on in this movie that's so weird and so different than anything else you've seen that uh, I really feel like it deserves more attention than it gets, so I'm glad they, they put this out. Um, a couple of other titles that uh, were released. Uh, the first season of Daredevil is now available on Blu-ray. Um, it's so interesting to think about like the Netflix shows as potential home video releases just because it seems like they um you know like exist almost exclusively streaming wise although you know obviously some other shows like house of cards have gotten blu-ray releases but um you know it's nice that daredevil now is available on blu-ray um you know they really make these shows look nice and so uh i can't wait to see you know what this one looks like apart from uh what i've already seen streaming uh, that first season of Daredevil was a lot of fun, and you know it was interesting because like I've now watched both seasons of it, um, but I really liked the half of the sh- season or so, or maybe even more than half of the season before he actually even gets the dare the, the you know the real Daredevil costume where he's just kind of like dressed up in black, uh, fighting crime, and uh, I thought they did a, a they've done a pretty good job with this show. Um, you know, there are a few things that I'm not crazy about, but overall, you know, definitely have, have like set a new standard for superhero TV shows. Also out, uh, on the eighth, the criterion collection release of the lone wolf and cub films. This is one that I have been hoping for and dreaming about for years. (laughs) And, I'm so excited that it's finally here. Uh, the They look much better than they did on those Animego Blu-rays, although they do kind of cram, um, I think, two, three films on each. Uh, so there's, there's three discs in this collection. Um, 
the first two discs include all six films. So there's like three films on the first disc and then three films on the second disc. And then the third disc includes Shogun Assassin, the English dub of the first film. And then uh, as well as a number of other supplements, including a really neat silent film from the 30s, which essentially goes through the production of a samurai sword. Like, you know, you watch these um, these masters creating, you know, like hammering out the steel to make a samurai sword in like the traditional manner. They also yeah, I was sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was gonna. I was just gonna say I was really excited that it was coming out, and also that Amazon ordered its ridiculously low pre-order pi- price of like thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, so it's this is like a re- regular hundred dollar set that when Amazon when they listed it, they listed it at thirty nine ninety nine, which is you know the typical like Criterion price, and so that must have just been a mistake. But um, it was a long. La- it felt like it lasted a good twenty four hours or yeah, more, yeah. so they didn't drag it, take it down right away. So I know a few people. I mean, I and you, and I think some other people posted it as quickly as we could, thinking like, if you're going to lock this price in, because they may cancel it, but you know, it's worth a shot. And yeah, they they don't really up. cancel stuff too often, like Amazon too doesn't. Much. Other retailers, if they screw up, they'll most likely cancel and say, sorry, we can't, we can't honor this price because it would just be, you know, way below cost. But, uh, you know, Amazon went through with it. Um, real quick. I, I'm a big fan of, um, for, for the eighth, uh, I, the jury, which came out from Kino Lorber studio classics. Um, it is a Mike hammer movie. Uh, he of kiss me deadly fame, Mm -hmm. but, Armand Asante plays Mike Hammer in this uh, Mickey Spillane adaptation, uh, which was adapted by Larry Cohen, who I think directed for a very short time in the movie and then was fired because he can sometimes not play well with others. Man, that Um, picture of him on the cover from far away, he kind of looks like, I thought it was Don Johnson. Yeah, I totally see that. uh, But... Now, when you like look at the picture a little bit closer, you can see that it's Armando Sante. Yeah, I totally see that. Um, I was listening to the commentary, and I like the movie a lot. It's I don't think it got a DVD release. Um, it's it's it had a weird um, history with um, home video, but it's a sleazy movie. I mean, it's a movie where Mike Cameron himself, like in the opening scene, like. He's in bed. He answers a phone call from a client talking about, can you check on my wife? I think she's cheating on me. He hangs up the phone, rolls over, and the woman he's in bed with is the wife of the guy that <laughs> he's just called him. So you're like, okay, this is going to be real sleazy. And it is, um, but it's it's very New York. It's very Larry Cohen, but it's also very Mike Cameron. And from what I understand of the books, it's a, it's a more... Um, true to the character adaptation of Mike Hammer than even Kiss Me Deadly. Um, so, you know, so I don't know. I think it's worth a look if you're a fan of that kind of um, noirish, uh, you know, gritty kind of movie. I, I, I like it a lot. It gets a little bit outlandish at points, but um, but I'm a big fan and I'm really excited that Kino put it out. Also out on the 8th, the folks at Sony have released another film in their uh, Frank Capra collection, uh, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, is available, I think, exclusively on Amazon right now until the 22nd. But it's 
if you have bought those other uh, Frank, Frank Capra movies, then this one is definitely one uh, to add to that collection. Cinelicious put out their next Blu-ray with a movie called Private Property, um, which has War Notes and then a couple actors I haven't heard of, Corey Allen and Kate Manx. Um, but it's a really interesting movie um, that focuses on like two drifters, um, Oates being one of them and Corey Allen being the other, and they f- sort of find their way into after like holding a knife on uh, a traveling salesman who's traveling on along the Pacific Coast Highway, they find them their way to like the I think the Hollywood Hills or something, and then um, one of Corey Allen makes it his mission to try and basically get a woman for Warren Oates, and they find the sort of a lonely kept woman housewife next door to an abandoned house, and they slowly sort of start to con her into letting them hang out at her pl- at their place. It, it's a really fascinating movie. It's black and white. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard... I mean, I'd heard of it only in that a couple people on my blog had pulled it out as... I think there were some screenings last year um, from the new prints, maybe that this Blu-ray was made from. I don't know, but... Um, I hadn't heard of it until, you know, last year and it's, it's oddly mesmerizing. I don't know. I can't quite explain it, but really neat movie and, uh, continuing Sinalicious's run of interesting films after Belladonna and the uh, Infinite Sadness. I can't mm-hmm. remember what that song, that movie was called <laughs> now, but that's, that sounds like a, a Smashing Pumpkins album when I say no, it. So totally. I think that's quite so right. So yeah, um, Private Property is interesting. It's got a lot of cool trivia. It's, you know, so this one was restored by the by the UCLA Film and Television Archive. And ah, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was it was screening around last year. And um, this is one. This is uh, shot. So it was, it was directed by Leslie Stevens, who created The Outer Limits. Oh yeah, then, that's cool. Um, was shot by uh, Ted McCord, who shot The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And, um, so yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, if you're a Warren Oates fan like me, it's, yeah. it's worth it just for him, but everybody else is good in it too. So let's, let's jump now to November 15th, the week that this episode will be going out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff a whole lot for this week. You know, so funny as I was like, when I was making notes, you know, it's like, I still have to get in the mindset of thinking like, okay, we're talking about next week, even though we're <laughs> recording it this week. Um, and then as I was, uh, so I was making my list and I was thinking like, okay, so we're going to be talking about the stuff that come out, came out on the 8th. It'll be easy. And then I was like looking at stuff that was coming on the 15th and I was like, oh man, there's so much stuff coming out on the 15th. This will be fun <laughs> to like tease next week's episode of uh, you know, all the stuff that's coming out then. And then I realized like, oh wait, no, this is the episode where we talk about this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> We have a lot. We have a lot to cover now yeah. uh, for the titles on the fifteenth. I mean, they are, the studios are really packing in a lot of great titles uh, right before you know Thanksgiving and the holidays and stuff. So this week is the stuff that you will want on your wish list. I think uh, this holiday season. So first up, well, I'm just going to run through most of these in alphabetical order, but we can jump around a little bit. Um, Better Call Saul season two. Have you watched any of Better Call Saul yet? No, shamefully not. Uh, I need to. I really want to. I feel like I talked about it maybe this time last year when season one came out. But this show is, you know, on the same level for me as Breaking Bad. I had very low expectations when it was announced. I was thinking, like, why would you create a spinoff of one of the greatest shows? Like, it, this 
it would be so dumb to and why would you make a spin-off with a character that i don't even like in in the show <laughs> i thought he was just like a dumb character in the show but now you know i cannot wait for season three to come out um season one was amazing season two is amazing they have just some of the most uh incredible performances from the different characters in it um it's you know thrilling it's uh it's just wonderful um i i can't wait to uh let's see who is what is the name of the brother uh michael mckean michael mckean is so fantastic in this show and the um tension between him and bob odenkirk is just incredible and um if you haven't seen it definitely watch season one first but if you've seen season one and you haven't seen season two like this is a show that you need to um, watch i think it's probably streaming i don't know if season two is available on netflix yet but it's also incredibly well shot and so it's worth you know owning in high definition i just love to hear you say the phrase tension between michael mckean and Bob Odenkirk. Man, you have you have no idea how uh, tense these scenes are between these two. It's guys. amazing to me. I love it. I mean, I I'm I just they're two of the great comedic minds of you know our recent years and, and actually before. And to think of them in a dramatic context and pulling it off is so exciting to me that I'm. And I've seen it happen a lot, and I don't doubt it for a second. I just now I'm even more intrigued. That's a total seller for me when you throw it out like that you gotta watch this show man also out uh on the 15th from kino uh boomerang the the elia kazan film this is one the 1947 film um starring you know like dana andrews and jane wyatt and lee cobb um lots of great people in this one criterion is once again, releasing the Godard film Breathless uh, on Blu-ray. This was one where they had released it on Blu-ray. Then they released it as a dual format edition where they included you know both the Blu-ray and the DVD. And now they've taken the, the dual format one out of print and is now just available once again as a single Blu-ray. Uh, Kino is reissuing their Buster Keaton collection. Uh, the This is one where they've released this before, but I think I can't remember now if this set has any of the any newer titles that is that aren't, weren't available as a part of that previous box set but uh i think maybe it does i mean i know that they have released other things since that first box set came out but i'll have to go back and double check this week warner brothers is reissuing citizen kane on a as a 75th anniversary edition blu-ray so if you don't uh, already own this movie uh, now is your chance to pick it up. I think it is the same. I'm pretty sure I haven't gone in and, and checked yet, but um, I'm pretty sure it's the same restoration that was done back for the 70th and uh, anniversary edition, which came out five years ago, um, which was released in this you know really nice collector's edition box set. Um, but this one is now just a single Blu-ray disc, but you know it still looks great and still includes you know a number of supplements. So. And the movie is still obviously amazing and still holds up incredibly well uh, 75 years later. Olive Films this week is releasing Coffee and Cigarettes. Yeah. The one that we had talked about before, the Jim Jarmusch film, um, now finally available. This is high on my list of things uh, to pick up this holiday season. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely a nice um, 
I don't know if it's a good, maybe a good entry point for people for Jarmusch because it's broken up into vignettes. Yeah, it's and, like a bunch of little short films. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you couldn't handle uh, <laughs> long-form Jarmusch, then, which you're, you're crazy. Yeah, it's, go, I go mean, his, Stranger he's, than he's Paradise not that, he's not that hard to get into, I think. No, totally not. But I'm just thinking if you really needed an extra, uh, uh, some kind of... Um, training wheels then this might be the no but this is a fun little movie totally, one actually totally, i haven't yes. seen in a while so i'm excited to revisit um cry of the city is coming out from kino uh this week um have you have you picked this one up yet or watched it or gotten it in the mail no okay no victor mature right i'm curious yeah. about this one but i haven't seen it yeah so robert Sionmak uh was the director um i think the i think this one just got a maybe a blu-ray in the uk from uh the bfi uh, oh yeah the bfi so the, uh, the bfi one just came out in august uh of this year so um probably i think it's most likely the same restoration that was on that one a couple of other titles uh dead ringers out from scream factory the cronenberg film which uh you know had previously been released from criterion and this one was announced back at comic-con and uh, it's now here. It's got new. It's got two different cuts of the film, um, and it just it's an amazing movie. And um, even if you're not a you know a horror fan, this is definitely something that you should uh, check out. The Shout Select edition of the uh, Volker Schlondorf film Death of a Salesman is now also available uh, from as, as a part of the new Shout Select line. Um, I forget which. Let's see, this is this is spine number seven in their in their line. The Kurosawa film Dreams is now available from the Criterion Collection. I haven't had a chance to watch this one yet, but you know, this is one that Criterion had teased um much earlier this year when they posted some shots of um I think Lee Klein in Japan working on the restoration for it. And so um definitely uh high on my list of things to watch. I mean, this is one where the Warner Archive had released it, I think, on DVD over the years. Or it was one that was being kind of controlled by Warner Brothers, and so a lot of it was one of those few Kurosawa films that Criterion didn't have the rights to uh, for years. And is nice that they now, you know, have released this beautiful new edition of it. Um, I've seen some some of the reviews going up for it, and the screenshots look amazing. So I'm very excited. Um. The new Pixar film Finding Dory is available uh, on Blu-ray this week in a variety of editions. Uh, it's going to include, you know, there is a, a 3D Blu-ray cut of the film, which is one that I will definitely be picking up uh, just because I love these Pixar movies on Blu-ray in 3D. Um, I'll definitely be touching on a few other 3D Blu-rays uh, in the coming weeks, but this is one where uh, I'm excited to go back and rewatch it. I mean, we saw this in the theater. We took Miranda to see it. And, uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I'm, you know, a, a sucker for these movies just in general and, you know, having a kid now makes it a little bit, you know, even easier to have an excuse to go watch them. Um, you know, I saw some people, you know, saying that this wasn't as great as the original one. And, uh, I still found it to be really charming and just, you know, like have a really sweet message as well as some really incredible pieces of animation and like, you know, set pieces that, uh, you know, all that whole end sequence with the truck. And, um, I think they just did, uh, you know, a pretty phenomenal job with it. 
Yeah, I I I will say I perhaps underrated it in the theater, um, because I do feel like it is plot-wise very similar to the to the first film. But in rewatching it digitally with my daughter um, over the past week, I was like, oh yeah, there's a lot of good sequences and good characters and good set pieces in in this movie and um it's it's much more fun than i gave it credit for the first time around um definitely one that um you know people with kids should be picking up if they if you're like me and you're like okay i just need something new to watch (laughs) with with my child um it's it's definitely a nice nice um like you say good message sort of movie for that yeah and and the I was noticing the animation seems to have come a little ways, especially in terms of some of the water stuff. I was looking at that specifically and going, "Wow, they've really made that water look almost photoreal." Whereas I don't feel like it quite did in Finding Nemo, uh-huh. and not that I had any problem with that, but I was just like watching some of the shots where the surface of the water is being shown, and I was like, "Wow, they they've definitely come a little ways from from that movie." And obviously, it's been a little time since that movie came out game of thrones season six is now available uh, on blu-ray this is one that where they're releasing it a little bit earlier than they typically do i thought usually these came out in like january february but um season six is now available uh this is the most recent season and was uh amazing i thought i, I loved almost every episode in it um there's some really heartbreaking episodes in this where we where some characters some main big characters die um and you know we i mean i guess i don't want to get into too spoilery of a discussion with this um but it is fantastic and this show continues to just be one of the most enjoyable beautiful like um you know sad tragic uh series and it really deserves all the acclaim that it's getting as well as the popularity of it, where it's just, you know, drawing in so many viewers. And it's amazing that, you know, this series based on this, uh, fantasy series, you know, fantasy series of novels has just become like this juggernaut and is now like, you know, the series to, um, that HBO now has to kind of like, find something else which they're trying to do with Westworld but it's just amazing that this has become this you know cultural phenomenon that it has it's just uh it's incredible and I I love it and I hope I hope you get into it one day you don't watch it do you not at this time but I I it's just one of those things where I I metaphorically miss the train and then just sit in the station for years and kind of go, I wish I'd caught that train. And um, <laughs> so it's one of those that I know that I'll get around to uh, at some point, um, but I've only seen the first episode right now. It's just TV is tough. I I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I sit at the edge of the diving board waiting to dive into certain shows, uh-huh. but sometimes I chicken out and I just, not, not for fear, but just like knowing the cultural attachment to a show and the time commitment and knowing that, there's other things I want to watch with my wife between now and, you know, 2018 or whatever, however long it would take us to get through it. And sometimes I just get a little um, skittish about that stuff, but I need to get into it. I, I really want to. This week, the 15th is also the week of the new releases from twilight time. Um, they're going to yes. be releasing 
um, let's see, Boston Strangler, Grand Bolito, I Want to Live, um, the Gregory Peck version of Moby Dick, uh, Moscow on the Hudson, and Pretty Poison, I think. Pretty Poison is definitely my pick of the week. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge Pretty Poison fan. Another Danny Perry cult movie book uh, recommendation, but um, a really great Tuesday Weld, Anthony Perkins post-psycho um, movie that I feel like a lot more people need to see. It's definitely come up a lot in terms of its notoriety um, in the past decade, but um, just a really interesting, bizarre, dark romance slash murder story. It's 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 really great. This one is going to feature two audio commentary tracks, one with Nick Redman and Lent Dobbs and um, Lawrence Terman, but also the commentary track with uh, Noel Black and Robert Fisher. Yeah, I think that might be from a mm-hmm. UK import that I have, but I have yet to listen to the commentary. <clears throat> so I'm really looking forward to that. And I always love the uh, Twilight Time commentaries, particularly the ones with Lem Dobbs, who is um, a great writer and also just a remarkable and highly intelligent film fan. I mean, I love the Nick Redman, Julie Kirgo commentaries too, but Lem in the mix always um, tends to elevate a little bit. I really want to check out their their edition of the Boston Strangler, the Richard Fleischer film Me too. Uh, with Tony Curtis. Like this is one that I haven't seen before, but I have read a lot about it. And it seems like this is going to be one that I'm really going to like. It's good. It's, it's really dark. And it's one of those movies where you watch it for me, an actor like Tony Curtis, I, I like, but then I see movies like sweet smell of success and this, and my respect level is elevated because he's not just doing uh, comedies. He's not just doing dramas. He's doing darker material, especially in the case of Boston Strangler, that is definitely portrays him in uh, as close to the Henry Port- portrait of a serial, serial killer sort of light mm-hmm. as you could uh, when that movie came out. Um, and he does a great job with it. He's genuinely um, haunting and creepy. I'm also very excited, or at least I really want to pick up the Moby Dick, uh, John Huston Moby Dick with Gregory Peck, um, and Orson Welles is in it too. Oh, I uh, forgot that was John Huston. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is one uh, that's also pretty high on my list. Uh, I love what they did with the, um, just looking at the, their website and looking at like, you know, the, the artwork that they went with for the cover as well as the, the booklet art looks pretty nice. Yeah. Another strong month from them. Definitely. So jumping back to some other regular releases, um, Olive is going to be releasing the Abelgantz remake of Jacques from 1938. And then Disney is re-releasing already uh, The Jungle Book on Blu-ray. And this one, well, this one just came out, um, what was it, like last month or the month before? Uh, This is now a 3D Blu-ray. They've gone and uh, put this one out on as a 3D, three-disc Blu-ray set. Um, so if you haven't picked it up yet and you have a 3D player, you should definitely check this one out. Um, I think we talked a little bit about the movie back when the, the original Blu-ray came out, but, um, you know, this movie, they really went in and put a lot of work into creating this, you know, photoreal world, and the 3D just looks pretty fantastic, I think. 
you know, I, I guess skipping ahead real fast, just speaking of while we're on the 3D Blu-ray train, is the fact that this week, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, I guess you don't really, you're not supposed to say Episode Seven, but it's in like so many of the different things. But it's anyway, Star Wars The Force Awakens now re-released on Blu-ray as a 3D Blu-ray release with a collector's edition, uh, you know, series of discs, which include a new commentary track from J.J. Abrams, new documentaries, and uh, lots of new supplements, which weren't on that uh, initial Blu-ray release. Um, the commentary track, I think, definitely worth the price of an upgrade, um, but I also watched the movie, again, in 3D, and I loved it. So uh, I And I didn't see it in 3D in the theaters, so it was fun to go and watch this. I mean, you can definitely tell... I'm sure you you get this too, where like when you sometimes when you watch movies uh, in 3D on a Blu-ray, you can kind of tell which ones were shot for 3D and which ones were you know post converted. You can usually tell like this one, they definitely have spent a lot of time to make this look nice. I mean, you know, it's it's not as bad as some early uh, post conversion stuff where it's like just clear layers of things that they cut out to make it look 3d. Um, and you know, like within those layers, everything is just totally flat. Like they, they've gotten much better at it now, but, um, this one, you can still kind of tell in places that it's like, this wasn't really shot with 3d cameras. This was shot on film, which is not a problem for me, but like, you know, you can kind of, you, you can see, you know, that it's not, not quite as, uh, as much depth as, as it could have been. But that's not to say that this, this, this is like the definitive edition. I think if you love the movie, you should go back and buy this, this release just because the commentary track and the supplements and everything make it totally worth reowning and the packaging too. Like it's a nice, it's a nice box set. It's worth, you know, that also like adds to the, uh, desirability, I think of this release. So also out this week uh, is the new Olive Signature Edition of uh, Orson Welles and Macbeth and Punch Drunk Love, the Criterion Collection release of Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love. One of I think might be my favorite of all of his films. Uh, definitely one that I've I feel like I've talked about online uh, over the years and kind of hoped would get a Blu-ray release. This is the first time that it's now available uh, in Blu-ray. It has been available I think in HD on like streaming in the yeah, past i've got an hdx on voodoo but um definitely i think i probably agree with you probably my favorite pt anderson movie too so i cannot wait uh i'm excited about this one very excited yeah it's just an incredibly beautiful movie great performances from everyone involved including um you know and especially adam sandler uh but phil seymour hoffman uh emily watson um, you know, Luis Guzman is always amazing in all of the movies that he's in. Um, but you know, it, especially the stuff with, with when he works with Paul Thomas Anderson, he's just always great. Um, yeah. Interestingly, I, I feel like at the time I thought I read an interview and don't quote me on this, but I thought he talked about Jacques Tati as an influence, at least on some level in, in terms of production design and some other things on this movie, which is obviously, um, sort of Criterion folding onto itself in a way, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, he's obviously been a f- big fan of Criterion for a long time. You listen to him, uh, even on the first commentary for Boogie Nights, 
or Hard Eight. I can't remember which, but he talks about the Criterion Laserdisc for Bad Day at Black Rock. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a big fan. So, it makes sense that um, he probably came to Jacques Tati through the collection or maybe prior to that. But I just love the idea of the collection being lo- around long enough now to, uh, and it's certainly not the first, but um, to influence movies that it in and of itself is releasing. You know, that's just a neat sort of uh, Mobius strip of <laughs> coolness as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also we have the 20th anniversary edition of Space Jam. <laughs> the new Steelbook Blu-ray is uh, available this week oh, uh, from Warner Brothers. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get this Steelbook, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Same time. When is when is uh, Space Jam 2 coming out? i got to set some kind of a countdown clock. <laughs> um, also out this week is the standalone release of the Star Trek The Animated Series on Blu-ray. Very excited about this. Yes, me too. I can't wait to pick this one up it looks like they're putting it together a nice package for this blu-ray um so this is going to be going to be high on my on my amazon wish list for the holidays i think yeah i mean people can i think it might still be on netflix so you can certainly preview the show that way but um i'm just really like i mean it's so it's one of the rare occasions where the animated show uh, the animated version of the show is really just a continuation of the show. You know, you would often see uh, and maybe an animated version of a television show that then skewed younger and played more to, to kids and whatnot. Um, but this case, I mean, the scripts and the stories and the voice acting, which is the, the full cast of the real show for the most part, um, carries over. And it really is just like... If you like Star Trek and you've seen all the episodes of the live action version, this is just a continuation of that. And it looks, I, I can't wait to see how it looks, actually. Um, I'm so excited about this. And then finally, out this week from the Warner Archive, is the 1975 film Time After Time uh, out on Blu ray. This is the one by Nicholas Meyer with Malcolm McDowell as H.G. Wells, who is traveling through time. Uh, to pursue Jack the Ripper, which is just such a great... uh, Jack the Ripper, played by David Warner. Also starring Mary Steenburgen and uh, lots of... And Corey Feldman is in it as well. Yeah, I I totally forgot about that until I was just looking at the uh, cast list. But yeah, this is a great movie, like just a really great time travel movie that has been kind of I think I don't know not forgotten but definitely not talked about as much because um, the DVD I feel like came out around the 2000-ish mark or maybe a little after so it's been sort of out of the conversation since then and um, I was really disappointed to see when I uh, I think I did disc to digital on Voodoo and it was like four by three or some crappy it was yeah i think it's just been available in standard definition um maybe on on digitally yeah so that was that was unfortunate but so i'm really excited about this and it's it's just really cool i mean i just love the idea of you know hd wells chasing jack the ripper through time Uh, it's just a really cool it's a really cool movie definitely uh, uh worth a blind buy if you haven't seen it um really neat movie all right well brian 
I think we need to wrap things up here. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll be back next time to talk about the titles uh, coming out on, um, let's see, what like the 22nd is the, the following week of titles. Uh, some pretty exciting things coming out then as well, including Chud and the, the new Cinerama release from Flickr Alley. Um, there's going to be, you know, the, uh, the new Leica film Kubo and the Two Strings comes out, which is one that I, uh, can't wait to watch. One-Eyed Jacks, the Marlon Brando film comes out next week. Um, Cronenberg's Rabid from Scream Factory, uh, Squid and the Whale, um, so much more good stuff. To Live and Die in LA also coming out. Oh, yeah. Um, and Kino is releasing, uh, The Undying Monster. Oh, the I'm John, really excited John about that. Brom. Yes, me too, definitely. Um, so... A lot of good stuff to talk about next week. We'll see you then.